Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. What is the Spirit saying to the church tonight? Has the Lord given you anything that you would have us to hear? tradition it's we came here tonight to worship the Lord and to acknowledge his leadership and guidance and so I, I greet each one of you glad to see Pastor like Pastor Jesse from all the way from the left coast is here tonight so and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one to their own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn Son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And, you will, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they, they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they'd seen it, 
They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. That's Luke's account, the Holy Spirit's account through Luke of the birth of Jesus. Tonight, you know, the birth of Jesus is one of the most significant events in the history of the world. It's amazing that at just that point in time, God sent his son into the world to be born of a woman, a young teenage girl, and to live and to die. But the most remarkable event in the history of the world is the resurrection of Jesus. That's a fact. The fact that Jesus came is a wonderful thing. The fact that he died and lives again is the most wonderful thing. Because he lives, we live. We mourn with Cindy Shu, who lost her mother this week, but we don't mourn like people who have no hope because Ruby's alive. And because Jesus lives, we shall also be alive. When um, Paul was given the revelation about the Lord's Supper, he said to the, the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said that Jesus, he goes about and tells them what, what Jesus said, and he took the bread and he blessed it, he took the cup and he blessed it. But he says, and, and at the end of that time, he, he speaks to them and says, and as often as you do this, you do show, the King James Version says, show the Lord's death till he comes. But what it really means, you are proclaiming the Lord's death. But you're not just proclaiming the Lord's death, you're proclaiming his death and resurrection until he comes again, until he comes again. We sent you a Christmas card. You should have gotten it this week. And in there, we talked about the government of the kingdom of God resting upon the shoulders of Jesus. And I truly believe that the word of the Lord for us is that he's coming soon. He's coming again, and it won't be too much longer. And the government, you know, what you see around you is nothing compared to what we really should be seeing all around us. The kingdom of God is here, and he's coming in power, and that government will rest upon his shoulder. Tonight, as we take this bread and this cup, and it represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. We, we had a wonderful time with the, with the children this last weekend, and and. The manger, and I want to thank uh, Joelle and Pastor Dave and Jacob for getting all that straw out of here. What a mess that was. Uh, but, uh, you know, and that was wonderful. But tonight, this is what it's all about. Hallelujah. Give him some praise tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is coming again. Paul wrote it this way in, in that book of Corinthians, he said, I, I received from the Lord. By the Holy Spirit, Paul got this, a revelation to him, 
that the Lord Jesus, you know, I'm sure you heard it from the disciples, but there's something that's going on in Paul as he's recounting this. The Lord Jesus, that same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped and said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is a memorial service. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. If he's coming back, he's not dead. And then he says, you know, whoever drinks this, eats his bread and drinks his cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat that bread and drink that cup worthily. And then he goes on and, and, and talks about some other things. But, but I guess the point I want to make tonight is that tonight we are celebrating the birth of Jesus this, this next week. In one week. Um, Luke was with us tonight. There he is. I was almost awake. And he was trying to figure out how many days there were between now and Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we, come up, we came to the conclusion there's how many days? Seven days, okay, that Jesus, we're going to remember the Lord's birth, but tonight we're also remembering his death and his burial and his resurrection. And uh, as we come to this table, let's, let's take a moment to consider what, what God has done for us uh, through Jesus Christ. Just bow your heads with me tonight. The only way you can eat the cup and drink, eat the bread and drink the cup worthily is to have, have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we acknowledge him as, as Lord of our life, as Savior, as King of kings and, and our Lord of lords. Father, we just say, thank you, Father God, that you sent your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. We, we humbly accept that you are the word of God made flesh. We humbly accept the fact that you paid the price for our sins and Lord, we repent of anything that would stand between us and you. Father God, create in us clean hearts, renew right spirits within us. Father God, fill us with your presence, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, that we are forgiven, that we do have eternal life. And as such, we can take this cup and eat this bread worthily, not because we're anything, but because you paid the price. You've taken our sins as far as the east is from the west, and it says there you remember them no more. Thank God. Now, not only were we forgiven, but you have forgotten it. Father God, thank you for your peace. Thank you, O oh God, that you are in charge of our lives. We, hum we humbly surrender ourselves to you. Your will be done in us, O oh God. And Father, we just give you praise tonight that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again, and he's coming back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take the bread and the cup tonight. And Jesus broke that bread and, he, you know, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. I got a prayer request tonight from uh, Janice, Janice Surratt. And maybe you know Janice and, and Dave, they sit over here in, in this side, back behind where Lee is right now. And she called and said her sister a year ago was diagnosed with breast cancer. And... Um, they did surgery, and she said they, they said they got it all. But last week, they gave her a diagnosis that the cancer's back, and it's in her liver. And her sister called her today and said, would you have your church pray for me? 
So I want you tonight, as we're going to partake of the bread and the cup, and we know the price. Now, I know we've prayed for some, and even Ruby, we believe that she's, God was raising her up physically in this life. And we didn't see that. But I know this, that's not God's will. God's will is for her to be whole in hell. Well, she is now. But, Father, we're going to pray with just as much faith, in fact, even more so, for Lisa Garland is her name. And I want you to pray with me for Lisa and believe that Jesus' body was broken so hers could be made whole. Jesus' blood was shed so she could be made whole. Father God, thank you for the, for the bread. Thank you for your body, which was broken for us. We partake of it, and we thank you, Lord, for the price you paid for us in Jesus' name. The same way he took that cup, he blessed it, passed it among. This is the blood of, we're remembering the blood of Jesus till he comes. We remember that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. We remember that the blood of Jesus makes us whole. By his stripes, the blood he shed at Calvary, we've been made whole in body, soul, and spirit. Spirit, soul, and body in every way. We pray that for Lisa. We pray it for Sandra. We pray it for others in the body that need to touch. If you need a touch from God, you receive it tonight by faith because Jesus paid that price for you. Let's partake of the cup by faith and receive what God has made for us. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, Lord. We thank you. Tonight, I just want to share with you something the Lord laid on my heart. If you put those verses up for me in Genesis, Genesis 1, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 say it this way. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit moved, Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Before God created the worlds, there was nothing. Just God. And if you have a good grasp on that, you let me know what that means. There always was God. But then God had a plan. And there was just matter, I guess. And the whole earth was dark. It was darkness. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water and it says it separated all of that. And in the next verse, God said, let there be light. And the light shined in the darkness. Now this was before he created a moon and the stars and the sun he made the light there was darkness all over the face of the, the universe until God said let there be light John 1 says it this way a little bit different in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and that life 
was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness. The King James doesn't say it very well. It says the darkness comprehended it not, but what it means is the darkness could not overwhelm the light. Wherever there is light, it dispels darkness. It pushes out the darkness. God made the worlds and there was nothing but darkness. And then he said, let there be light. We know who the light is right here. Jesus is the light. He says so in another place. Darkness cannot overcome. You know, I preached the sermons on this material, you know, a month or so ago. Said that you are the light of the world. And the Holy Spirit just brought back to my mind this, this afternoon that I need to repeat some of this. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So, so let me put it into back into your spirit tonight. Before you knew Jesus, you walked around in darkness. Without Jesus Christ, all the world has is darkness. When you look at what's going on in the world right now, all around us, what you, the darkness that you see is just merely the absence of light because Jesus is the only way. He's the only thing that will push out the darkness. And they don't have Jesus. The light always overcomes the darkness. You and I are children of God. I told us a few months, a couple months ago, that you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, that you're anointed and ordained to do the work of God in the power of the spirit that God has placed within each of us. God has a job for you. He has a place for you, has a plan for you, and he's anointed, he's called you, he's made you his elect. He has put you in this place, in this world at this time to show his light. You are the light of the world. Darkness has no, when darkness comes up against you, the light within you just pushes out the darkness. There is no room for discouragement and depression and darkness in the children of light. No matter what the, what was the word that you gave? That the, the, no matter what you see or what you think, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me tell you something, no matter what you see or what you think, there is no room for darkness in your life. No storm can overshadow you. No darkness can come, come your way because you are the light of the world. The power of the enemy has been defeated. And the, the authority of, of the light of God is within you. And you have the right and the authority and the power to push out any darkness that comes along your way. Jesus, we know we've talked about recently, it was, is the exact representation of the Father. And we're called to model him in this dark world. We're supposed to live like the, like the lights that we are, penetrating and pushing back the darkness. It tries to spread over you and over your families and over your community. Wherever you walk, you walk in the light. You shall not stumble, the word of God says, because you are the light of the world. We destroy the darkness, not the other way around. We're supposed to live in this world as warriors of the light. To live then as the light of the world in a, in a dark world, that's our goal, to live as light in the midst of darkness. That means we have joy, we have peace, we have authority. No matter what the darkness tries to push in on us, <laughs> the world may be in turmoil, but we don't have to be. In fact, we are not. We're called to show to the world by our lifestyles, by our words, by our actions, that we are in fact carriers of the light. We are hosting 
the light, that we're hosting the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of Christ within us. Jesus is our model. He modeled how to host the presence of God in this world. He is a human being. Yeah, God, he was God, God, man, but he hosted the presence. He walked about as someone in authority. People marveled that he's, he doesn't speak like everybody else does. He, he speaks and he teaches like somebody who has authority and power and, and, and all this stuff. Do you think there were storms in his life? Of course there were. Were there dark times? Of course there was. But it could not extinguish the light. The, the, dark, the dark times, the storms did not define him. He defined them. He overcame them. He, he did not influence them. All he did when the darkness came and when the storms came, he said, Shalom, peace. And peace prevailed. The storms of this life may, may rage around you. Discouragement sometimes dares to, to push in on us. And, but we have the joy of the Lord. We have Jesus. We, we have the light of the world. We're called to shine that light into every corner of this world to be powerful examples of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, I stood in the city of Peneus or Baneus, we call it Caesarea Philippi, a couple weeks ago, did a little video thing, standing in front of, you know, it just, we're standing in front of the, the cave of Pan the place they call the gates of hell, the guardian of the underworld. And Jesus brings his disciples up there. And of course, you know the story. I've told it several times in here. But he asked Peter, you know, who do men say I am? Well, you're Elijah. You're John the Baptist reincarnated. And then Jesus asked him the question, well, who do you say I am? Well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And of course, Jesus commends him for that. He said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. The Holy Spirit, that's a revelation from God. And on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. And points to that cave. They threw sacrifices in there all the time. They had, they had horrible rites that they performed in that place. When he was there... Philip, who was the son of Herod, had made it a capital city and built a, built a big temple for Caesar Augustus. And the, and the temple of Pan was there and the temple of Zeus was there. It was a pagan place. And he dares to make a pronouncement. Right there he reveals to himself, he reveals to the world, I am the Messiah. The light has come. The people that we, we read it in Isaiah, and we don't fully comprehend what it means. Isaiah 9, 2 prophesies. He said, he said that the, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. He stands right there in the midst of the darkest place in Israel, the most pagan place that you could come up with. If you looked at the history of Peneus and, and see what it actually is and what it actually was, it's, it's the most pagan, most occultic, most demonic place you could possibly come in the entire country. And he stands right there and says, this darkness will not win. It cannot win. The light will overcome it. I am the light of the world. I am the Messiah. I am the one. John chapter five, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter four says, the, chapter five rather, <laughs> John five. I'm, I'll get it right. I want Matthew five, there you go. 
Jesus says it this way to his disciples. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill, set on a hill cannot be hidden. If, if the city is up on a hilltop, if you go to Israel and you come to, you, know, you go along the valley floor, you see there's Nazareth at night and you can see all the city lights just up there. You can't hide it. You know it's there. In the same way, that's how he says we're supposed to live. Neither do men light a candle and stick it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to everybody that's in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, you're the light of the world. Let men see, let this world see who you really are. John 8, 12 is the one I wanted next. He said, Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And finally, Ephesians 5.8 says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You know what I do when I walk into a dark room? Turn on the light. The light. See, you you can't just be the light. You you can be the light of the world, but it, but it takes intention. It takes desire. It takes a conscious effort to walk around in the midst of darkness. Do you know? Have you ever been around somebody who's really negative? And you know what happens when you get around negative people? If you're not careful, you join in the negativity. And I don't know why that is. Sometimes it seems so easy to say, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that's terrible. All these things are happening. Yeah, but to, to stand the other way and say, you know what? I know it may look like that, but, but, you know, it's better than that. You need to have a little faith. That takes an effort. It takes intention. You're the light of the world. Switch it on. When you come into the darkness with people around you, don't let them define you. You define them. You show them the light of the world that's in you. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You've got Jesus, the light of the world, living inside of you. And we have authority over everything that's, that's coming against us. I guess the word I wanted to leave you with tonight was that to encourage us that, you know, we have Jesus and that's enough. I know the darkness comes. I know there's storms. I know there's trials. We don't escape this world without trials. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And because he's overcome, so have we. The light of the world has already defeated the darkest corner. When God said, let there be light, Jesus shined into the darkness. And everything changed from that moment to this. I tell you tonight, the Lord says, just bow your heads with me for a moment. The Lord says, you are the light of the world. In you is no, no shadow of darkness. You live as Christ lives, with power, with authority, with victory. His kingdom is living through you, and you're going to manifest his power, his light, his grace, his mercy, his joy, his peace wherever you go because you are his hands, his light extended into this darkness, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word.
Thank you, Father. I ask you tonight, let's do a little illustrated sermon, shall we? Everyone have one of these? Do you, is there anyone that needs a candle? Lift your hands. Okay, hold them up. We'll get some to you. Hold on just a minute. And as we do this, we're going to sing together, Oh, Holy Night. And you, you partake in that. So we're going to, would you take the lights down for me, Silas? You can take the stage lights down too. That'd be good. Okay.
song says, fall on your knees. All hail the angel voices. Father, we just lift up your name tonight. Jesus, the light of the world. Look at the light in this place because each one of you represent the light of God. Each one of you, as you leave here, leave as lights in a dark world. You are not who you think you are. You are heirs of God. You're children of God. You are the light of the world. In you is hope for this dark place we call this world. In you is joy when there is no joy. In you is peace when there's a storm raging around you. In you is light, and that light is the life of men. His name is Jesus. Father, I bless your people. And I thank you, O oh Father, that you sent your Son. We celebrate the birth of Jesus this next week. But Lord, we are so grateful that you came. We have a life because you came. We have eternal life because our faith is in you. And that faith is not, is not diminished that because of what we see. That faith is strengthened because we know the enemy has already been defeated. It may look like he wins sometime, but thank God that you have already won. And we believe that and we stand upon that truth. Let God's kingdom come. His will be done on this earth just like heaven. In the name above every name, we pray it tonight. Jesus, let your light shine. Amen and amen. I hesitate to say it, but you can extinguish it in here, but you light it when you go outside. You light yourselves on fire when you leave this place in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's close with that chorus one more time, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.